You're listening to the Scale to Grow podcast, where we help service-based business owners to take the guesswork out of scaling and growing their business so they can pursue their passions. My name is Shauna, and I'm a business mentor to coaches and creatives, and I help them to get out of the day-to-day and focus on scaling and growing their business to the next level. I sit down with business owners to talk about their experiences, the lessons they've learned, and share tips and strategies on how you can build your business without the overwhelm. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Scale to Grow podcast. In the beauty space, our next guest is all about personalization in skincare. She is taking the old concepts of skincare and going just one step further with tech to help personalize products outside of the four main types. So Honey has taken her biochemistry background and built a skincare e-commerce startup business where she has had year-over-year success of increasing revenues by over 600%. That's like a total of 200 million in her first couple of years. So Honey is not just an entrepreneur. She is a biochemist and an anti-aging industry disruptor. And she's also a mom, guys. She's also a mom with a very busy schedule. Her holistic skincare brand, Curel, is the accumulation of a lifelong mission for her to improve lives and increase longevity. So today I'm happy to have her on to talk with us and she's going to talk all things skincare, all things personalization in business and really is it possible to make everyone happy. So I'm very excited to have you here, honey. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, you're welcome. And I want you to just kind of tell us about how did you come up with the idea of Chiral? Sure. So prior to starting Chiral, we, my husband and I ran an e-commerce uh, fulfillment and logistics company. And at the same time, simultaneously, uh, my, my true passion is the field of aging and longevity. And, you know, I went, I did biochemistry and then started, um, in gerontology, but I've worked in elder care like for, for over 15 years and just really loved it. I did all the lab stuff, but then I was like, I have to apply this somehow. So long story short, it was just, you know, my passion and I followed it and I grew that business and it was doing amazing, but it really started after a while to, to cause a little bit of burnout. So I took a year off and I was trying to, at the same time, have kids and I really wanted to start a family. We were trying for eight years, but it was really, really stressful. Took a year off, went and traveled mm-hmm. at the same time, got pregnant. Imagine it's like you try for eight years and now that you've taken the time off to like uh, figure out what you're going to do next in your life. It's always like that when, when it happens. I know, I know. So took some time off and I, and I thought if I could create the ideal business for myself, what would it be? If, if I could like have my dream, that thing that gets me out of bed every single morning, um, I, I'm excited. I look forward to it. What would it be? It would have to combine the arts, the sciences, my love and passion for beauty, this ability to help people and empower them through entrepreneurship. So I was like, what would that look like? And voila, came Chiral. It's really the culmination of my life experiences, my passion, my drive, my um, my excitement for, for the things that I love. And yeah, so far it's been great. I look forward to waking up every single morning. So it, it worked. You know... The way you've said it, and it 
I was thinking to myself, did she actually like sit down and think about step one? Is it going to like, what's my life work? No, step two, what am I going to do here? Like, how would I put all of my experiences together in order to get to this stage? And I was thinking all of that while you were talking. I was like, this is so crazy because you literally put like in this business, it's like a combination of every single thing and you are not lying. <laughs> it's everything. To no, no. It's amazing. I mean, and, and I had the privilege to do it, right? A lot of people don't have the, the privilege to take a year off and really think about it. But, you know, if somebody out there wants to do that, like have a job, but but dream. Like, seriously, I, I'm a huge fan of Neville Goddard. And he talks about living in the wish fulfilled. So I would sleep every night. And I would imagine like, what my day would look like my ideal day. And I just did it over and over and over. And it kind of came together naturally. So nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, so I want to jump into the topic about personalization, because I want to know, is it really possible to actually have personalization to make everybody happy in your line of business? Yeah, that's a really good question. And technology helps with that uh, tremendously. One thing I did know and realized quickly was the beauty industry has been stuck in the, you know, the old ages. It hasn't changed much and it hasn't really evolved. And, you know, you've got these huge brands and big conglomerates that like own all the other brands and they're just... Mm -hmm. It's been a little stagnant. So I thought um, if I could disrupt the industry, what would that look like? Um, and it would incorporate artificial intelligence, machine learning, and, you know, really evolving with the customer and their lifestyle and their life cycle and so forth. So is it possible? We're still on that path of trying to make everybody happy, but it, it does require time to, for, for the data to really learn but I do think like that's where the future is right now. You know, when Spotify came out initially, it wasn't able to predict your, the algorithm wasn't there as much as it is now to predict the next song, like precisely like you're in that mood. And then the next song comes on and it's like, how did it know? Right. Because it has that data. So I think in the future, it's just, that's where we're evolving to. And I think skincare, beauty, um, personal care, that's, that's also the same direction that it's going and it's headed. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I see it happening in the next 10, 15, 20 years for sure. Like you don't even have to think about it. It just happens. Okay. Like that. Okay. So I, I know like when it comes to skincare re regimes, like, like I am the worst person with this. So when you were saying earlier that there is, um, it's been stuck in the age, the old ages. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, well, give me an example. What does that look like for like the industry? Yeah, I think I think ingredients are evolving. The mechanism of delivery is is evolving. But what I mean is, you know, there's the five skin types or whatever the three skin types out there: oily, dry, and whatever combination, normal, whatever it is. And a lot of brands don't even offer that. It's a one size. I mean, when you go to the drugstore, you only get one product, right? Or when you go to Sephora, a lot of times there's only a couple variations of moisturizer. So. That's what I mean. It's like, why are we trying to put everybody into the same bucket when we're all so different? There's 7 million of us. And I could assure you that there's 7 million different skin types out there. And everyone's slightly different. And what works for you does not work for me. So I really started with that in, in mind of like, what would be the most effective line of skincare, especially when it came to longevity. And 
that was kind of even like that was more the Trojan horse. It's like the products are the, the on the outside, but at the heart and center of it, it's also educating the consumer of what's being given to them and really giving them the scientific background of the ingredients and and all of that. So, sorry, I kind of went on a, a little bit of tangent, but yes. I think it has been stuck in the old ages. Um, we're not really educating consumers on what they're applying and what they're consuming as well as we need to. Uh, consumers have to go and like do their own research and, you know, this, uh, this concept of like, what is clean? What is not clean? There's no definition out there. And it's just really confusing. So we're here to help, help out with that a little bit. Oh, nice. Nice. I love that. So you've had a really good cut of year over year and 600%. That's, that's, that's impressive. But let's just say that. Let's like put that out there. That's impressive. So how did it all happen? Yeah, that was actually in, in my healthcare startup. That, that was the, um, the 600% year over year growth. That was, that was in the healthcare startup. And what, but I apply the same teachings, learnings, all of it to uh, this business. It was passion. I was passionate. I didn't know a single thing about what I'm doing, but I would wake up with passion, love, conviction in what I'm doing. And when you have that inside of you, like you're just unstoppable, right? You don't quit. I remember, I mean, even now it's a little bit different when you have kids, but I work, you know, 16, 18 hours and it wasn't anything for me because I was doing the thing that I loved, right? Um, right now, it just becomes a little different when you're a mother because now I'm passionate about two things. I, I'm passionate about my startup and my children, right? And my family in general. So I need to dedicate time to them. And it's exhausting <laughs> being a mother. But yeah, I think with that, it's, uh, growth and scaling really start the heart and soul of it is being passionate and having conviction and really understanding your why. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always think about, you know, kind of the journey of not just, you know, just the typical business owner, but also the business owner who steps in as a mom. How old is your, your kids? I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So oh. um, <laughs> yeah, one's like almost, no, they're both toddlers and in diapers. So it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing I do in my day job is as difficult. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. So rewarding at the same time. So, okay. So what's the secret of playing the long game and not getting burnt out? Because obviously you're doing this. And for those who cannot see how, how amazing she looks, I'm just saying. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. How are you doing it? What's the secret? Seriously. (laughs) The long game, it's, um, I think I mentioned conviction and being passionate about what you're doing. I think that helps a lot. I started this with the mindset of money was not top of mind, right? Helping people, making effective products, combining my passion, really, really, really focusing on that. What's that thing that will make me the happiest, that will fulfill me in my core? What would that be? has helped tremendously because when you have that in mind, you're not playing the short game of like, let me have a quick win here. And, and, you know, Oh, I, Oh, 
I, I haven't made revenue yet and I've been doing this for two years. I should quit. Like, no, you don't think about those things. You're kind of like, it's all about showing up. It's about staying consistent. It's about knowing that eventually this is going to pay off what you're doing and really, really being focused on impact, being impact driven, I think helps a lot. How can I make people's mm-hmm. lives better, easier? How can I help? How can I spread the word? Whatever it is. I mean, we all have something, a gift uh, inside of us. So I think that when when you're focused on those type of things, you play the long game. The short game, I think, are, are for people who have superficial goals, I would say. So, okay. So that's, that's actually a good point for anybody who's listening, who is thinking that two years is like, that's the cutoff. Like if you don't see anything, you need to kind of throw in the towel and move on to something else. So you're saying show up, be consistent, have that, that conviction and have a bigger purpose at the end of all of this. Yeah, totally. It's like everyone talks about success. I mean, success to me is about impact. How many lives am I able to touch? How uh, how am I able to, when I leave this world, did I make it a little bit better than I found it, right? That that sort of thing. I think being focused on, on that is really, really important. And also Malcolm Gladwell that says the 10,000 hour rule, right? It really does take 10,000 hours. I don't even know what that breaks down to. I think it comes down to couple years, right? To, to become good at something, right? And I think people typically, they tend to quit uh, prematurely, like right at that final line, that right, right then there. And I think there's a difference between a hobby and a business, right? Like, and if the hobby is what makes you happy, then, then go for it. But, you know, if you're trying to turn this into a business, then it's totally different. Like you gotta stick with it. It's gonna be hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's a fair, that's a fair point. And I think, especially when you run into challenges, or you run into things that you didn't expect, because especially if you're running out of a corporate situation and moving into more of the entrepreneurship space, like everything looks different, there's levels to your growth. And there's the first level where you're going through your own personal development minus the tactical, technical stuff that you learn with just developing your business, right? But then there's the the growth where it takes a lot more because it's like that internal growth where you're trying to get to some place that you've never been as an individual, as not just a business owner, but just as a person, right? So that growth in itself and anchoring yourself back to the the impact. So I really like that you said that. Yeah, thank you. And it, and it really is a is a mindset. Like I feel like I am my own biggest self-sabotager, right? Like there's nobody in my way. I have there's no competition whatsoever except myself. Like I am the one that self-sabotages. I'm the one that has the negative self-talk. So it's really just if you're playing the long long game, it's about changing your mindset, staying positive, believing in your why, your your conviction of of impact, but staying sticking with it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which then brings me back to our next question, which is the networking police. Like, how is that? How did that work for you? Because, okay, so for, for myself, like I know for me, I'm more like I networking is super hard for me because I total introvert for the most part. Not that I don't like people. It's more of I just refer not to do a lot of things. 
But in terms of networking, I know that's been something that I had to work super hard on as an entrepreneur. So how did that work for you as part of your own personal development and just kind of in your business? Sure. Well, I'm, I'm naturally, um, I really enjoy, I'm an extrovert, right? But the part that's difficult for me is a follow-up. And I think the important part of networking is really the, the follow-up. And also I will say my business is a network marketing business. So it's really reliant on uh, networking. So that part's easy for me, like meeting new people and talking and really, you know, selling myself or whatever it is, that, that part's easy, but it's a follow-up that's very important and staying on top of it. Networking is huge in my business. I mean, that's that's where a majority of our growth comes from. And when I mentioned, thought about the, the ideal business, we were in the e-commerce world and we did see the impact of Facebook and Google ads. You know, like I didn't want to rely, have to rely on Facebook and Google ads. And I thought, you know, if I could just pay that amount of money to everyday people, like how much more awesome would that be? What I would typically pay to Google and Facebook, like I would just pay that to, you know, my friends and family and so forth. So that's why I set this up as a network marketing company. If you could give everyday people the right tools, the right skill set, the right mindset, help them with, with crafting their why and, you know, teaching them about entrepreneurship. Why not? Why can't they make the money that, that Facebook and these billion dollar companies would mean? So that's why I set it up as a network marketing business, but networking is huge and it comes naturally. Like I can make friends anywhere. Uh, however, the part that I'm really terrible at is the follow-up, right? Like I just met a friend and she messaged me. Now I have to like, you know, continue that relationship. So I think to, to those of you out there that want to know about networking, it's not so much the networking part as it is the follow-up part. That, that really matters and makes a difference in business, especially. Yeah. So I know for myself, that's, I think that's the other part of the networking that sucks too, because <laughs> it's, it's taxing. And it's like, it's also like, also remembering to, to do the follow-up because it's so many things happening at the same time. It's just, sure. it's like kind of being intentional with that. So have you kind of nailed down a process as to to get to the follow-up? <laughs> I have hired a VP of sales that does it for me. <laughs> I like meet or, um, no, I mean, there, there's, there's a difference. So am I doing this because it's important for my business? Like we're always recruiting consultants. We're bringing on new consultants and I need, and it's based on a relationship and it's based on trust. And I can't develop and evolve that trust myself. I have so much going on, you know? Yeah. Um, so I needed help with that piece. But a good CRM in my last business, um, a good CRM. I know Zoho has a free service with their Salesforce and all these different uh, tools and apps. But using a tool, if it's, if it's important and it's a part of your business, definitely get a tool. Yeah. And also, sometimes it's not so much about quantity. It's about quality. So focus on that as well. There are a group of people that are really, really important to me, whether they're advisors or mentors, they're, you know, and I stick with that. That's a daily communication because I know I need uh, their support, in my growth and in my journey. So, um, you know, it's not like go out there and, and meet everybody and, and befriend them and, you know, stay in touch. Like be, be also selective because your time is precious and valuable. Yeah. See where in your business that individual fits, right? 
And then from there, definitely like evolve that relationship. And that's where the trust comes in and so on and so forth. A thousand percent. Yes. I love that. So, and I'm glad that you brought in the, the team aspect. So you have a team that works with you. So when did you, when did you decide to bring on a team? Yeah, it's, it's so funny because with a lot of entrepreneurs, we get stuck, we get not addicted, but we like having our hands in, in everything. And because that's what we had to do in the beginning, right? We were it, we wore all the hats. We, I was the CTO, the CEO, the CMO, all of it, all the C's, you know, and you have to do that. Uh, the chief formulator, the, the, but after a while, you got to start like scale. If you want to scale, you have to obviously, you know, step back and, and bring the right people in. And I learned that the hard way. Uh, initially, I tried to design the entire brand myself. I was like, I could do this on my own. Well, five months in and you're like running away at this design, that design, that design. And everyone's like, oh, this looks terrible. It's like, well, that's not my, my specialty. I'm not a good designer, right? So that's right away I learned leave it to the professionals. Right. And even, you know, like, yeah, you just have to bring the right people. If you want to scale, if you want to grow, you have to bring the right people in and slowly step back and do the things that are really, really important in your business. I mean, um, in mind talking to our consultants and our distributors, very important, you know, putting myself out there, very, very important. Uh, PR is important marketing. So just figure out like what what you are also really good at and what you enjoy and but you have to bring the right people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did I bring them right away? <laughs> like social media, I'm not good at it. I gotta hire Brenda's our our, our social media magician, right? <laughs> I won't attempt to do her work and I shouldn't. Can I? Absolutely I can. Is it a good use of my time and my skill set? Probably not, right? So figure out, you know higher to your strengths and weaknesses sometimes, right? It's not just your weaknesses, higher to your strengths as well. So you could narrow down and double down on, on the things that are really, really important. So who was the first person that you brought on to the team? A designer, a good, yeah. Yeah. A good graphic designer was a must. And then after that, I knew I needed help with social media, like uh, a good social media presence. So I recruited my husband because I needed help with the business. So actually he was, he's not an employee. He would hate it. <laughs> he heard I called him an employee, but I recruited him and I had to make him believe in my dream and my vision. So I'm so thankful and so grateful that he came on board because he's just a brilliant businessman and I'm so grateful for him. And I wanted to focus on product and really making this efficacious product that, that I imagined and uh, really building the vision and the mission of the company and having his help to do some of the business pieces that I wasn't good at. Um, so, he, but then Brenda, social media and uh, a lot of marketing. We've brought a lot of marketing. Oh, a writer, a writer. I am not a good writer and I will admit it. So I had to bring someone in to become my voice on paper. And I tried, I took writing classes and I was like, by the time I really evolve as a writer, it's going to take years. So let me just bring someone and Kate, Aaron, and now Tracy, we have, we have multiple people are just phenomenal. They take my, sometimes the gibberish in my mind, I, I dump it on paper and they make it beautiful. And then other times they write scripts for me and a lot of the, the online content they help me with. So that's awesome. 
that's good. And I'm glad that you, you suggested not just the, the weaknesses, because a lot of people go in for, okay, the stuff that I don't know, let me just give it to somebody right away. But it's also the strengths as well, because that's a huge, that's a huge thing, because there are things that as much as you're really good at it, you can get lost in the sauce and down the rabbit hole, instead of focusing oh, yeah. on the things that really have the most impact on the business, right? Yeah. 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 So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. you actually recruited your husband, like a fly on the wall to convince him that his, that the vision <laughs> is a joint vision. It's like, okay, honey, listen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, lucky for, for me, I have worked with him previously and we have totally different skill sets. Like he's your introvert. He does not want to be out there. He, he loves analytical stuff, being behind a computer and just analyzing data and the spreadsheet. That, and I'm like, uh -uh, that's not for me. I want to be out there. I want to socialize. I want to meet people, you know? And those are the things. It's so funny when he was in business school, they thought that I was the student because I would go to all the networking events <laughs> and, and his MBA program. And by the time, like the, the year ended, everyone would ask me like, oh, which section are you in? And I was like, I'm not a student. <laughs> They didn't know him, but they knew me. <laughs> That's so funny. Yes, I was able to get him. Because we're, we're just really, we, we have complementary skill sets. And it works. It really works. Pretty awesome. That's good. That's good. So what were some of the big wins that you've had since starting the brand? The supply chain was very, very difficult to, to nail down because you're personalizing. And so personalizing for five people is really different than 100 people and 1,000 people. And, you know making this process, this concept of personalization scalable was very, very challenging. And then automating it, figuring out how to automate it so that, you know, when you have hundreds of thousands of consultants and so on, it still works and it doesn't break. So I think some of the big wins were like figuring that those pieces out and at least conceptually having it down and being ready to execute when the time comes. Yeah. But I think having a product that like people want, right? That, that to me is a huge win. It's like a lot of times I hear about people and their brands and it's like, sometimes they enter the market prematurely, right? The, the world is not ready for them. And it happens quite often actually. So that, that to me is a win that, okay, there was this concept and I put it out there and there's a demand for it, right? So that, that's a win. Being able to still be a mom <laughs> and my kids still love me. <laughs> That's a huge win for me. Having, yeah, there's a lot. Gosh, there's so many great wins on a daily basis. You know, the consultants that we have on board that believe in this brand and, and our vision and our mission. That's a win. Every day I'm winning something. <laughs> it's just like every day there's a win, man. Every single day. That's good. That's, no, that, that's awesome because it's, a lot of times we kind of go full force on the next thing and not really kind of absorb, oh my God, like this was a good week. This was a good year. This was a good month. This was like my clients like actually coming back. There's repeat business. There's like everything that, you know, we said we were going to do is actually we were checking that box where we're growing. So that's good. I'm glad. And you brought in that your consultants, like you appreciate your team. So that's that's oh yeah oh yeah that's that's amazing because i always i always say to people without the team behind you 
it's the difference between your dream coming to life versus it staying stagnant wherever you were at whatever time point in your business before you even brought in a team. Yeah, I know completely. And I'm so grateful for them, especially the first few that joined and really believed in it. They put up with, you know, formulations not working well and the logistics and oh my god I, I could tell you a nightmare story because our all of our products are in glass uh glass bottles we were shipping it out and there was like a, a couple weeks of frost a couple days let's call yeah. it but it led into weeks and so like the packages the, the bottles were showing up broken because you know like liquid expands in glass and the and it would break during the the frost uh, season so you know they put up with that their customers calling them and holding them responsible like look my my bottle showed up broken like so i'm really really grateful for our consultants for being patient and sticking with us that's a win finding these winning consultants (laughs) (laughs) that believe in you and stay with you that's awesome so for new people entering kind of in like the skincare space like what are some of the things that you would kind of say they should focus on or kind of consider while they're going into this kind of business because you're definitely more of the seasoned entrepreneur on this side of the fence what would you tell them (laughs) no I'm, i'm learning every day to be honest um well, first of all, it's validate your product or your offering, right? Somehow it, with, with a small community of people, right? Find product validation and see that there's a demand for it, right? A lot of people make the mistake of thinking that there's demand. They put it out there and they realize, oh my God, no one no one wants this, right? So go out and, and do it in a, in a scrappy, on a small scale, as, as small of a scale as you can before you go and invest hundreds of thousands of dollars of your money or go fundraising or whatever it might be. Validate your product offering and find a manufacturer that's willing to do it for low quantities. So um, in manufacturing, there's what's called an MOQ, minimum order quantity. And when it comes to cosmetics, it can be very, very high. So um, call around and don't settle for the first one, five, 10, 20, call like 50 people. I'm not kidding. And, and ask what their MOQs are. I'm definitely sure you'll find someone that's willing to work with you. So that's, that's something else I could, uh, for skincare entrepreneurs, I've met so many that have started out of their kitchen and scaled that way. Like that's pretty cool to me, right? It's finding demand for your product. And being customer obsessed, listening to your customers, listening to the feedback that people around you, you know, and don't just take one or two feedback and it could be negative or positive. Like obviously your friends and family aren't going to say that this sucks. I mean, the good ones may, but the, most people will be like, oh yeah, this is great. So survey a lot of people, test out your product on many, many people, test the concept out and stick with it. I want your friends. My friends are too honest. They would never like tell me lies. Never. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's true. It depends on the kind of friends you have. But again, survey many people, and because they're so honest, they can just point out the flaws and not the good things either, right? So you also want positive feedback as as well as the constructive, you know, feedback. Yeah. What are some things to focus on? visual identity of your brand, right? How does it feel to the customer? I wanted mine to feel a little bit pharmaceutically 
pharmaceutical, clean, right? Like what's the emotion you want to invoke in, in the customer? So focus on that. Focus on your pro- formulations. Absolutely have good formulations. Find a, a partner, a manufacturing partner that's willing to grow scale with you and they're willing to see your vision and your dream instead of just like a, a number, you know, no, sorry, I can't do it less than a hundred thousand. Well, that's not a good partner, right? Mm. To have. So someone that believes in you because you guys are going to be on a ride together for a very long time, good or bad. That's good. That's good. So what are some things, because I know you've done like an e-commerce business before. So, and you've also scaled this one. So what are some what are some tips that you can share with someone who is trying to scale, not just from a skincare perspective, but just their business overall? Be future focused. Always be ahead. Like, what's what would the next three years be? What would that? Don't lose focus of today, obviously. But I think as a CEO and and when you're thinking about scaling, be future focused. Your COO is the person that's supposed to focus on the you know today. But as as the CEO, as the founder. Think about where you want this brand to go. And also, like I mentioned before, is it a hobby? Is it a business? Like, will this scale? I mean, this concept that you have is great for 10 people. Will it work for 100, 100,000, a million, right? So really focus on that as well. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. In fact, you have to nowadays if you want to build any sort of brand especially with the gen, the, the new generation, the Gen Zs, like they have so many options. They want to connect with someone. So long are the days of, you know, L'Oreal, whether you knew who's behind it or not, didn't matter. Like now people want to know who's the face behind this brand. What What's their personality like? So, and you need to put yourself out there in order to scale and grow. So don't be afraid to do that. Like social media lives and podcasts and, you know, going out there, passing out flat, like whatever you have to do, put yourself out there, get out of your comfort zone because you're going to need to. And I think I mentioned this before, be customer obsessed, be hyper-focused on your customer, their needs, and be ready to pivot based off of the feedback that you get. We do this all the time, right? That's where the personalization comes in. Like, And be agile enough to pivot and move yeah, because your reputation will scale, not your business. I believe that wholeheartedly. Your reputation will scale, not your business. So put a good reputation out there. Listen to your customers. And yeah, customer obsessed. I can't emphasize that enough. So important. Whether it's like having to refund them. If you're losing money, you have to do it, right? Your customer is everything. That's good. Okay, so I love that. So what's next for you? What's next for the brand? What's next for you personally, for the family, for the kids? I know you're now in the Bay Area. So come on, what's up? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I wanted to be at the heart and soul of technology and innovation. So I, I am transitioning right now in the transition of moving the company to the Bay Area and the heart and soul of Silicon Valley. So we are doing that with the brand. But I started with wanting to personalize skincare is very, very personal. And that was a good start for me. But ultimately, my dream and my goal is to personalize everything that you interact with from your dish soap, to your laundry detergent to your toothpaste, you can once you set up the supply chain, you can actually do that. So absolutely personalize everything that you interact with. That's what I would like to do. That's the brain direction. 
I want to also incorporate telehealth, hopefully by next year. You know, I wanted to do it this year, but I think it will have to be Q1, Q2 of next year. And that's mainly because a lot of people do ultimately need and require prescription grade products Mm -hmm. and it's, it's a necessity. Um, so that's next in the short term. In the next couple of months, we're launching our cleanser. We're launching our eye cream. We are launching, you know, a pH adjuster for your skin that helps adjust your skin's pH. So we do have those in the in the short term, but long term, it's definitely personalized everything that you interact with. Nice. That is, I can't wait to see how this all turns out. It's like the marriage of skincare and technology to create this personalized solution for, well, not even solution, like experience for your customer as it relates to their, their skincare needs. I think that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm excited too for the future. I definitely think personalization will be the future. Like it has to, we're doing it in other ways. So it only makes sense to do it here, but you know, there's some some people that have paved the way for me. Like there's brands like Function of Brute Beauty. They did it in in the uh, shampoo space. Uh, there's pros. You know, there's there's a couple of people out there. No one's quite doing it the way that I'm doing it with the acids and formulating. You know, adjusting pH and concentrations and so forth. But I think there's there's a lot of room in the personalization area. Like where we need it. We always need it. Our customers need it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love it. I love it. So, okay. So where can people find you and learn more about you and Carol? Like how, like, where can, where can we find you? Sure. So, you know, I am a byproduct of all the mentors that have come into my life, have believed in me, have helped me. And I would like to be a mentor for someone out there as well. If, if there's anyone out there that needs help, that needs support, who has questions, please feel free to email me. I'll give you my personal email. It's honey, H-A-N-I-E-H at chiral.com. Not very difficult, right? But if you want to start a beauty brand, reach out to me. I could give you some pointers, some tips, some things that took me a very long time to learn on my own. You could shortcut that. So reach out to me. And also you can find our brand at www.qyral.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Chiral. And also if you are interested in being an entrepreneur or taking Chiral on as a business, because you don't have to, it's very minimal investment. And we do run promotions where it's almost nothing to start this business. And we customize and we formulate for your customers. So you don't have to have any inventory, just have to promote the product and do the stuff that you're passionate about. Uh, and yeah, because the R&D will take you a very long time, right, to put this all together. So I've done all that for you. If you want to take it on as a business, check out chiral.com slash partners, and you can learn more about how to become a partner with us. Nice. I love it. Okay. So thank you again for like gracing us with your presence and being here and sharing. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. All right. So with that, thank you. I, I know that everybody who is listening and who is looking to either start a skincare, a skincare business, or at least interested in learning more about how to probably become a partner can reach out to you. So we'll definitely put your links in to the show notes so that everybody can, can tap into it and tap into the resources. She's literally offering up some Q and A's that will help you or just some support that will help you to kind of shortcut your growth in this industry. So love it. Love it. 
totally, totally. Would love to. A pleasure. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Scale to Grow podcast. If you would like to know more about how we can help you to take the guesswork out of your business, visit us at www.concaveservices.com. 